Welcome to the Odd and Offbeat Podcast. Oddballs, welcome to the Odd and Offbeat Podcast. I am Mr. Matthew Baker, and the man across from me is the inscrutable Louis Fox. That's right. I do not scoot across the carpet on my butt. <laughs> you don't do the dog butt <laughs> nope. crawl across? Nope, I just squat in the you corner. Should. You should. It's actually quite effective. <laughs> you know, It eliminates the hands. Well, I use a bidet. For scratching your butt when you have a butt scratch, you go in the bathroom and sure. squirt your butt with water. <laughs> it's like a pressure wash. Your wife is like, "You spend more time with that toilet than me, <laughs> than with you, or than than she spends like, with the toilet." You're like, "Honey, that just that toilet knows my <laughs> knows every inch. Knows my, it does things you're unwilling to do. <laughs> I've asked you." Over and over again, <laughs> we need to talk. Yes. <laughs> so Matt and I have had an, an action-packed day today. Yes, we have. On the way over to the podcast, I got a flat tire. Yes, you did. And uh, and then that spiraled into Matt getting a driver's license. <laughs> well, I am in the process of doing the real ID, you know, because mm-hmm. it's mandatory to get your real ID if you want to travel domestically. Yeah. Or, sorry, if you want to just travel yeah, you have to have it domestically, right? To, to fly, yeah. To fly. And I fly a lot, and I don't always like to travel with my passport, so I wanted to get this real ID, but there's just this whole laundry list of shit you have whole, to- Okay, you need a birth certificate, <laughs> you need proof of your address, and proof of social Listen, man, card. That's a I shred everything. <laughs> I shred everything. And some of those, it might have been my social security card and birth certificate. Yeah, I don't have those things. I don't know where they are. And I say, why not? I don't know. I have a social... I've never needed it. I have my social security card. Well, good for you. Have you ever needed it? Yeah. For what? To get my enhanced ID. (laughs) Well, there you go. I went to the DMV early. I was like, I'm going to be the first one of the DMV. I, like, I do some old man shit. I went to the post office. Like, oh. I was the first at the post office. Then I thought I was going to be the first one at the DMV. I got there 20 minutes early. There's like a line of like 100 people. Not oh. old people either. They're all young people. Well, because they, they all know the deal. They all like, were prepared with their social security cards. Yeah, I was just like, what, what the hell? You know, I was trying to cheat the system, and, but no. You gotta, you gotta camp out. It's like getting, yeah, right. like, getting tickets, it's like getting playoff like, tickets, <laughs> Super Bowl tickets. It's like for the new iPhone. You gotta get there like two weeks early. They're what like, you... we have openings today. You know, I'm here for, <laughs> I'm here for April nineteenth. Uh, yeah, so hopefully by the end of this week, I will have a real ID. We'll keep you up to date, folks. We you know won't have it by you're... the end of the week because they have to mail it to you. Oh, do they? Yeah. Well, I'm thinking the Social Security card. They'll just give me right there. Yeah, that's what. So. Matt was trying to figure out ways around this. I'm like, why don't we just get you a replacement card? He's like, I'm not driving into Seattle. No way. And there's, there's an office like two blocks from here. We, we went the route of forging one before we went the route of going into Seattle and getting a new one. Like getting in a legit one was easier than forging one. No way. Forging. I just want to put my forging skills to the test. Yeah, because you have old school forging skills, like when scanners weren't very good. Yeah, man. 
you're still using dry erase. Yeah, letters. my social security cards from the eighties. So that that'd probably be pretty easy to forge. Yeah. There's yeah. not a lot of security. Yeah, in there's it. no like chips or plastic in it. It's just yeah. a little like flimsy piece of paper. But it's on fancy paper. I think they have like nineteen eighties micro printing. Yeah, but you could just crumple that up and pretty, you know, wet it down a couple times and you'd be set. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited uh, to hang out at the social security office with you. Oh, yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> well, folks, if you know a good well, way to forge a social security card, please send it to us. Yes, yeah, info. I, I would like to try and give it a shot, honestly. Here's the best part about this. He picks me up at the tire place, drives me to this place, and then we do all this research. Turns out, social security office right across the street from the tire place. <laughs> That works out. See, if you hadn't got your flat tire, we wouldn't know. I wouldn't have got my real ID, man. It's like, you know, it's almost a heaven sent that you got a flat tire. Yes. Maybe I put the screw in your tire uh, just so you would do the research for me. <laughs> this will give Louis some extra time to tool around on the computer and help me out. Well, and then I totally got hustled. So I don't remember if I talked about this on the podcast, but the reason a few weeks ago I got New tire, mm. two new tires on my car is my daughter had run, just drove straight into a curb. Oh, nice. Yeah, in her defense, it kind of stuck out. But she, yeah, she's like, in her defense, it was a curb. In her defense, <laughs> you was, know, it's what she, is it doing in the road? Yeah. What is it doing where she's driving? In, in her defense, she was drunk. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but like it was funny driving into it. She's just driving, and I'm like, she, she can't not see that curb. And yeah. then, kukunk. Yeah. And then we had to change it. Oh, that's nice. So when I go to get the tires, I look at the price online and say it's for the two tires, it's 140, 160 bucks. Mm. And the guy charges me like $200. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that must be the disposal fee. Yeah. And I look at the receipt and it's got the tire extended warranty. Uh, I'm like, oh, I'd never buy that. Yeah, right. But guess what's getting me a new tire? Boom. Holler. Yeah. yeah. And the tire was less than the $60. So they're still making profit <laughs> even on the fifth tire that they gave you. Exactly. Jeez. <laughs> Capitalism. All right. Well, let's get to the stories. Let's do it. to some weird news. This story comes from pitchfork.com. That's a news source more reliable than getting high off of vintage weed. <laughs> yeah, I guess weed doesn't <laughs> hold up so much, does it? I mean, we can find out. So in my shed, above the door of the shed, I have a buddy I did like a favor for. Uh-huh. And he doesn't have a lot of money. So he, and I don't smoke weed, but he was like, here, take this jar of weed. Uh-huh. Or it's like a jar of joints. And how long has it been sitting there? Probably a decade. Okay. Well, I, yeah, well, I think I have some in my crawl space from my old roommate. I think he left a jar of weed. It's apparently a thing. Yeah. So, yeah, we've, we've, I've got that. We should bury it with a note. Put it in a time capsule. Yeah. <laughs> Do not open it until 3048. <laughs> All right, so this has to do exactly with what you just said, Louis. What? And it says, synth repairman accidentally gets high by touching LSD left in vintage Buchla. So Bukla is a um, synthesizer machine. Yes, it is. And it's also Tibetan for third eye engagement. Ah. Elliot Curtis, the broadcast... (laughs) My eye is up here. (laughs) Elliot Curtis, the broadcast operations manager for KPIX Television, was recently tasked with the restoration of a vintage Bukla model 
800 modular synthesizer. So I looked these up. You can get them for as low as like 300 bucks. Oh yeah? Yeah. Do they look cool? It looks like it looks like you could land uh, a 1960s person on the moon. A synthesizer is like essentially like a wee wee. It makes sounds, right? Like yeah. weird synthetic sounds. Correct. H- right. Hence the hence the th- synthesizer. <laughs> <laughs> Me be smart. An instrument that had been sitting in a cool dark room. That's at- why they put LSD inside it and not mushrooms. <laughs> Wait, why? Because LSD is synthetic. Oh, there you go. Okay, nice. An instrument that had been sitting in a cool, dark room at Cal State University East Bay since the 1960s. During Curtis's repairs, which he tended to from his home, something strange happened. He began to trip out. It was as if he was high on LSD. Spoiler alert, he was. <laughs> it's like an Indiana Jones booby trap, right? It's like <laughs> you open this and then, you know, spears shoot out, but it's from, you know, San Francisco in the 60s. You know? <laughs> just weed shoots out. <laughs> it's not, the Temple of Doom was not real. He was just at home cleaning a record player. <laughs> None of this ever happened. <laughs> he was high on LSD, according to a report by San Francisco KPIX 5. I feel like in the 60s, that was probably all San Francisco reporting. Yeah. Guess what? He was high on LSD. <laughs> Guess well, what? Nixon was high on LSD. I mean, everyone knows acid gets better with age. It's like a vi- 1964 vintage wine. You're like, it's got an oaky, earthy trip. <laughs> this tastes a lot like rat poison. <laughs> Curtis has opened a red panel module on the Buchla, at which point he saw a crust of crystalline residue on it. And did what every sane person would do? Chopped it up and snorted it. <laughs> Curtis reportedly sprayed a cleaning solvent on the area and attempted to dislodge the crystal with his finger. Let's throw some more chemicals on the chemicals. <laughs> yeah, because there's nothing in 1960s chemicals that could possibly be bad for <laughs> After me. After 45 minutes, Curtis was overcome with a strange tingling sensation, followed by a nine-hour trip the report states. Lucky for him, though, he knew what was going on. He's like, yeah. yeah. His trip was to a CBS station <laughs> instead of a KPIX station. <laughs> All right, yeah. But, but he did turn the synthesizer into a time machine <laughs> within that time frame. <laughs> the substance found on the instrument He's was... like, guys, I saved Kennedy. <laughs> That would be an awesome... I would love the trip just by accident. That'd be cool. The substance found on the instrument was later tested and identified as LSD, according to KPIX 5. I like that in the first half of this article, they're like, allegedly, apparently... No, it was. You just confirmed that. Yeah, absolutely. An anonymous LSD researcher and expert later confirmed to KPIX... <laughs> Later confirmed that it that it was real and that the drug can remain potent for decades if stored in a cool, dark place and that it is possible to ingest LSD through the skin. Makes you wonder how they found the LSD expert. The L, the yeah. <laughs> Craigslist, most Craig, likely. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, there's like an LSD Reddit thread because I was curious, like, does LSD lose its potency? Uh, According to Reddit, no. Yeah. The anonymous LSD researcher is just a druggie on the corner named Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> and, and They don't know his, if he was on LSD or just... His was... testing involved licking the crystal. <laughs> his testing involved licking the guy's finger. <laughs> Buying the crystal for $30 was his test. <laughs> of course it can last for years, right? Most LSD can survive as long as there's a Pink Floyd song being played in within a 250-mile <laughs> radius. That's actually how you grow it LSD. It stimulates <laughs> the chemicals. 
<laughs> the instrument's inventor, the late Don Buchla of Berkeley, was heavily enmeshed in 1960s counterculture. In 1966, his synthesizers found their way onto a school bus purchased by acid advocate Ken Kesey and his followers, which is from my hometown, yeah. Ken Kesey. I've met him before. Buchla was also a friend of Osley Stanley, who I have not met, oh. and he is the Grateful Dead sound engineer and manufacturer of a highly potent strain of LSD. Who was in Stir of Echoes with Kevin Bacon. Was he? <laughs> <laughs> Despite the connections between Buchla and Acid, however, no one is sure exactly how LSD ended up on the Buchla Model 100 at Cal State Capex 5 reports. How do, what, what do you mean? Someone put it there. Yeah. <laughs> they left it there. It's naturally occurring LSD. <laughs> you, but it, that's the last place the, the DEA looks for your, your acid is inside the synthesizer. My theory is that this guy, the man who invented this machine, Don Buchla, he probably just created a really shitty synthesizer. Yeah. <laughs> but anyone who touches it is high on LSD, so they think it's amazing, so right? So be- before you get to hear him play it, he's like, rub this wood finish. This <laughs> yes. is amazing. Just lick this crystal <laughs> inside <laughs> before you play the synthesizer. <laughs> Since Curtis- That's what it was. It was just being smart about moving drugs. Yeah, absolutely. Since Curtis's trip, the vintage Buchla has been... Thoroughly cleaned of all LSD. And robbed of all value. Yes. Since Curtis's trip, the vintage Buchla has been rough, has been thoroughly... <laughs> been roughed up. <laughs> has, been, has been thoroughly cleaned of all LSD. Boo. By that anonymous <laughs> LSD researcher. He dismantled the whole thing. He thoroughly inspected it with his tongue. Yeah. If I was an LSD peddler, I would just use it as slack in products. Yeah. Be like... You know, and then Canadian LSD co- is the easiest thing because it can't be detected by dogs. Oh, it can't? I don't think so. Uh-huh. There's no because it's just uh... a. <laughs> I, I, I checked Reddit on uh-huh. the LSD page. If that if dogs can detect. detect it or not. All right, so here's what it is. The first person goes, "Can drug dogs smell LSD?" My senior field trip is coming up, and wanted to know if drug dogs could smell LSD on me. Uh huh. No. Yeah, exactly. According to Reddit. Yeah, they can't they can't detect it and, and it's, you know, you can put it on a piece of paper mm-hmm. and a piece of paper can contain, you know, a ton of acid. So it's it's a, easy to transport. It's yeah. really the best drug. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm going to start turning in all my um federal income you tax. Should. Yeah. <laughs> on LSD paper. Every time I write a check to <laughs> the court for a speeding ticket, <laughs> LSD checks. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cover my driver's license in LSD for when I get pulled over and you hand it to the cop. <laughs> I'm going to start doing that, man. Yeah. Just dropping LSD on everything. Yeah. Be like, hey, you willingly took it. Yeah. Absolutely. In the note on your check, it's like, caution, covered in LSD. <laughs> so what do we think about this? I think it's cool that A, like the, I think the guy was cool with the acid. Yeah. It wasn't like... That's why would... you get into the synthesizer <laughs> repairing business, <laughs> to right? To fund your acid habits. <laughs> In hopes that one day you're going to find the holy grail, the synthesizer that has acid crystals <laughs> dripping from it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think it's good. And uh, I, I, I wonder at what point in the acid trip do you say, oh, shit, I might, I might be tripping on acid. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, because every time I've tripped on acid, I was like, oh, yeah, that was the acid I took. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> That's why I murdered that person. <laughs> So that's pretty cool, and uh, yeah, watch out for old 60s and 70s electronics, folks. You don't know what's inside of them. Yeah, wear gloves. (laughs) All right.
And now, it's time for Strange Stories from the Time Capsule with Dr. Henry. Today, the rich have plastic surgery, liposuction, and blood transfusions. But back in the 16th century, the really wealthy used to eat dead bodies, thinking that somehow the cadavers could cure diseases. The highest delicacy of all these bodies? Why, the Egyptian mummies, of course. Part 2. This story comes from nlive.com. That's a new source more reliable than using a butter knife to butcher a bison. Yeah, it's hard to take down with a butter knife. Yeah. Unless you were like a samurai. <laughs> there you go. With a butter knife. There you go. And that leads into our story, which has to do somewhat with a samurai. What? Well, it doesn't have to do with a samurai. <laughs> This is one of, the, one of those books you can judge by its cover. You'll read the headline and you'll know the whole story. Kinda. There are a few <laughs> twists and turns that are a little confusing in this one. And it goes, Ypsilanti man stabbed with samurai sword after failing to buy marijuana for partner, police report says. I know, we could pretty much end there. And that's a solid, weird news story for the Odd and Offbeat podcast. Uh, yeah, right? But we're going to dig deeper. Honestly, it doesn't sound like something a marijuana smoker would do. No, but in the stabber's defense, they hadn't gotten the marijuana correct. yet. Correct. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> An Espelanti man attacked by his partner with a samurai sword was stabbed multiple times for allegedly failing to buy marijuana for his attacker, according to the victim's statements to police. What what was it like? I tried, but the guy didn't meet me at the 7-Eleven, or I just bought it for me. Tough luck, and enjoy your samurai sword. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, pot pro- is not legal in Michigan. Here's the kick in the butt. It is legal in oh, Michigan. Is it? <laughs> pot is legal in Michigan. <laughs> so is it recreationally? Is- recreationally so legal. So you can buy it at the store. So yeah, I mean, I would get pissed <laughs> off. It's like, you went to the store. You didn't have to go <laughs> to, to the stop and rob to make a deal in the parking lot. Yeah, you went to the store, you didn't come back. It's like, you know, the amount of times... I've been threatened by my girlfriend with a knife when I didn't bring eggs back from the grocery store. I would imagine the weed is much more altercation worthy. Yes. Ella and I were just in one of the places I went to high school. Mm -hmm. We were driving around and I'm like, oh, I, you know, used to skateboard here. And we drove by the place where I used to buy pot, the gas station. Uh And I was almost like, I used to buy pot. No. Yeah, you got to leave that out of the Leave a little mystery. Yes. (laughs) Let her find that place when she's older. Neil Patrick Wazinski, 28, was charged with assault with intent to murder, assault with a dangerous weapon, and assaulting or resisting police after being arrested for attacking her boyfriend with a 21-inch samurai sword at the Arbor One Apartments in Ypsilanti record show. So I did a little research. Technically, a samurai sword is over 31 inches. Oh, gotcha. So this was a samurai knife Uh or dagger. And you know what the Arbor One Apartments in Ypsilanti is famous for? What? It's the number one site for samurai housing. Ah. I did, according <laughs> to Yelp. <laughs> if you, too many samurais, one store. One star. Wazinski, a, or Nala as she is known, is listed as a male in court documents, but referred to as she in police records. 
A call made to Wazinski's attorney was not immediately returned. So I found in a separate article that uh, Wazinski self-identifies as a man, a 12th century Japanese man. <laughs> they are a woman, but have the aggression as a man. Yeah. It was just a testosterone flare-up. <laughs> like, That's all it was. <laughs> The intent to murder charge was dismissed at district court after Wazinski pled to no contest to the remaining two charges during her preliminary examination. Record show. What is a preliminary examination? Like, like, well, you're a healthy adult. <laughs> well, the preliminary. Turn your head and cough. The preliminary examination is like, well, you look like a woman. <laughs> but we're going to have to do some more thorough tests later. Yeah. Police were called to the reported stabbing shortly after noon, where they found the victim, a 23-year-old man, smoking a cigarette and pressing a bloody towel to his side, according and, to... And, and blowing cigarette smoke out the hole in his chest. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, check out these sweet smoke right. rings. It is the chillest stab victim ever, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. One is indicative of weed, is weed smoker and the other is not. <laughs> the man who identified himself as Wazinski's boyfriend of one and a half years told police he was attacked after he failed to buy marijuana for Wazinski, the report states. I think I've come up with the conclusion on why... They were so mad about not getting the weed. Why? Because they need the weed to suppress the samurai demon living inside her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows that's the samurai's weak spot. <laughs> weed. <laughs> After repeatedly punching the victim's ribcage, Wazinski grabbed the sword and started stabbing at the victim inside Wazinski's apartment, the report states. So <laughs> when I first read that, I read it as started stabbing at the victim's insides. <laughs> Like, but they were going for that. There was just skin on top of it. No, they should have stabbed him because they failed their mission. Yeah. As a samurai, there is no honor when you do you fail the mission that you've been given. I sent you out to get weed and you came back with groceries? Come on. Still armed with the Zord, Wazinski chased the victim outside into the parking lot before returning to his apartment after a neighbor took the victim into his residence across the lot, the report states. Can you imagine? Like, this this apartment complex is going downhill. Yeah. That's a very understanding neighbor, though. The boyfriend's knocking at the door. My boyfriend, girlfriend, who's a samurai, is stabbing me for not buying weed. Let me in. (laughs) Or like, hang on. I'd be like, uh, I'm cool. <laughs> yeah, I would I would definitely uh, screen that one through my ring doorbell. Yeah, the victim suffered multiple stab wounds to his arm and torso near the armpit. He was taken to St. Joseph Mercy Hospital in critical condition where doctors discovered one of his lungs had collapsed in the attack record show. The boyfriend has since recovered. All right, that's, that's good. That is good. From the stabbing or from the <laughs> weed addiction? <laughs> from the, the mental anguish that this has caused. Police found Wazinski in her apartment at the complex, but she refused to open the door, telling officers she didn't want anything to do with police and to please go away. And I know that works 100% of the time. (laughs) All the time. Would you guys just please leave me alone? (laughs) Oh, she did ask nicely. Officers obtained a master key to the apartment and entered, arresting Wazinski record show. Wazinski struggled with police as they took her outside and later spit on one of the arresting officers, according to the report. I love that police de-escalation techniques work. They went from stabbing to spitting. Yeah. They, They throttled that bad boy down just a little bit. Police found an unsheathed, bloodstained 21-inch katana on Wazinski's bedroom floor, which was collected as evidence, the report states. 
Wazinski would later tell officers she didn't remember much about the incident as she was intoxicated, but said the victim threw her on the ground and then she blacked out, the report states. So, like, the dude comes home, she's like, where's my weed? And he body slams her. Yeah, that's a weird way of telling someone you didn't do what they wanted you to do. (laughs) The excuse of not remembering the incident because you were blacked, it's like, I don't remember stabbing that person because I was high on Molly. Yeah. It's like, I don't know if that works. Wazinski had a few scratches on her neck and a small cut on her right eye, according to the report. Wazinski is scheduled for sentencing next month before Washtenaw County Trial Court Judge Carol Kunicki. Unless you, is that, why, like, do we need to know who the judge is? Yes. In case you want to bribe She's pretty him. hard on samurais. <laughs> Light on drugs. She handles all the faux Japanese samurai cases. <laughs> she she handles all cultural appropriation assaults. <laughs> she is the number one judge in Washtenaw County for all faux Japanese <laughs> stabbing incidents. She handles samurai sword stabbings and uh, Chinese buffet uh, incidents. <laughs> and all Kill Bill stolen videos. <laughs> Assault with a dangerous weapon is punishable by up to four years in prison. That's it? Yeah, that's it, man. So what do we think about this? I'm glad this got sorted out. (laughs) Do you think he's going to take her back? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You think so? Yeah. Wow. I think so. There's a kind of love that a samurai sword can't just cut through. Yeah, I mean... The love for Neil Patrick Wazinski runs deep. Yes. So deep. <laughs> In, about <laughs> two inches deep. In your side. <laughs> A collapsed lung deep. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're glad the guy recovered. Uh, we're disappointed that he could not fulfill his mission in buying weed. Come on, how hard is that? Yeah. I've bought weed, not even smoke weed. Yeah, nothing is more sad than having to go back to the party where you were tasked to buy weed and you have to come back and say you couldn't accomplish that. He has to go back to the pot shop and they're like, can we find the... You were in here staring for like an hour and a half. Yeah. And like, now, now when he goes back, he's like, do you have anything that deals with pain that can help my samurai sword pain? I want to go hiking and I've got a collapsed lung. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this is pretty wild. We hope that everything gets sorted out. I hope this person can get medication. Maybe. I, and mean. I, I pray for uh, Judge Carol Kununuki for, uh, to do the right thing. Absolutely. Whatever right. that may be. I love this story. Yes. That's it for today, Oddballs. I want to thank you so much for listening. So, folks, if you want to send us any information. Or, or old taxidermy. <laughs> old taxidermy stories, something you want us to talk about, maybe something related to Social Security cards and forging them. If you want to send us your SSN, we will take it. Yes. You can do that info at oddandoffbeat.com. We're on all the social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We can also lend you an extra podcast a month if you would like to support our Patreon. Patreon. We can lend you. Yeah. You have to give it back. <laughs> you can have it in your head for as long as you want, actually. You can you can keep it as long as you desire. Yes. And we're on the Patreon. Just search Odd and Offbeat Podcast on yeah. there. Yeah, and that goes as for as little as $2 a month, folks. That's yep. only 24 bucks a year. You get extra 
podcast. You get extras. You get stuff sent to you in the mail. You can get a T-shirt if you want. All sorts of cool stuff just by supporting. And you can also like us and tell your friends about it because we'd like to get to some more ears. Yeah, if we'd like to know your friends. Yeah, absolutely. We want to thank you for listening, for your time. We really appreciate it. We hope you have a weird week. We are out. Bye. Gracias por escuchar el podcast de Odd Enough Beat.